Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 157, Friday, January 26th, 2024. And thank you for making the Doggy Juice Pod a part of your week. And what a week it's been. It's definitely been uh, one of those weeks in the sports betting industry where there's seemingly like a month's worth of, of news that came through in just a matter of a few days. So I've got a lot to touch on. And in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, we'll dive into some quick hitters. And then we'll do a little market and betting breakdown of this Sunday's conference championship slate in the NFL. A day that low-key might even be better than the Super Bowl because we get two awesome games every year uh, with, of course, everything on the line to get to the Super Bowl. So let's get right to it. I didn't really plan on having any sort of rooting interest or any big bets on any sides last weekend in the NFL divisional round. But ESPN bet made sure I did. There's, it was pretty amazing what happened there. And typically, you know, some of the sharpest betting lines of the entire year, of course, are these late, you know, late season NFL playoff games. You know, the Super Bowl gets the most liquidity of any, you know, sporting event in, in the U.S. throughout the whole calendar year. Um, and of course, the playoff games are right up there as well. But we saw one of the most unique situations. Uh, come down last week, and it's it's still a story that that's leaving a lot of questions um, with ESPN bet. And I know I've been kind of going after ESPN bet here on the pod recently, uh, but they haven't had a good week, and and Penn Penn Gaming in particular has not had a, a very good week um, because what happened. In case you were sleeping under a rock, and this is something that a lot of people, you know, word of mouth is really what spread this last weekend. But ESPN bet offered a. Uh, about 20 to 30 cents of value as a promotion, but really something they weren't even marketing. And ESPN's, you know, no one's better at marketing than ESPN, but they're offering a boost on the Ravens on Saturday uh, at minus nine and a half at plus 110, and then at minus 10 and a half at plus 140, when the market was sitting about uh, consensus 10, maybe nine and a half minus 110 at points, but it was going between nine and a half and 10. So you're getting 20, 30 cents of value on, on the Ravens on those bets in these extremely liquid markets. Um, and then on Sunday, they did the same thing with the Chiefs. They like doubled down and offered the Chiefs, boosted up to plus 150 on the money line when the fair market price was about plus 120. If you could shop around and find a plus 130. But what happened and why this was so unique is they didn't cap the limits on these on these promotions. And um, I know some people are limited to $100 that I talked to, but for the most part, even guys that are sharps that um, you know that, that were unable to get down with uh, with Barstool in the app, and were, once they migrated over to ESPN, because of course Penn's still running running the show for for ESPN, but just like uh, Barstool, um, betting limits was really no problem for most people on this. And usually you see on these promotions, you know, if you're going on an ES, not a DraftKings, sorry, or FanDuel promotion, they're going to cap you at, you know, $10, $20, maybe a little higher if you're a, you know, a player that they want betting with them or even a VIP, but rarely see something that's over $100 uh, as, as a limit on this. But there was no cap on this ESPN bet um, outside of a couple instances I heard of. And, and, um, and of course, this created a really unique scenario just in the industry in general, where it created a very real ARB opportunity. And especially for opportunists that were based in New Jersey, uh, they can get down on, on the exchanges there, Sport Trade and Profit Exchange, that offer the most competitive pricing out there. And it created a fire drill for these exchanges as well. They see this influx of money coming in on uh, on bets with, um, with the Texans because 
They were able to, of course, get down at minus nine and a half at plus 110 with a lot of leverage at ESPN bet. And so ESPN bet was sure getting a lot of people depositing and signing up that day. But the interesting thing is the very people that this was attracting were the exact type of customers that Penn never wants and that ESPN bet probably doesn't even want. That's the Sharp community. So it was just a unique scenario where you saw uh, you saw no outward marketing for this by ESPN bet. And you're really trying to figure out what, you know, there's been a lot of people this week have been trying to figure out what the reasoning was behind this this promotion. Uh, maybe they were trying to balance their book. There was some um, speculation that Mattress Mac bet with them, but then it came out you know, later on that Mattress Mac got his bets down on, on Caesars. So, um, and regardless, it doesn't really matter. ESPN bet, I, I think really, and Penn especially, um, my takeaway is they had no idea what they were doing here. And I, it's going to be interesting to see if we ever find out, but uh, there's more creative ways to, to balance your book, and especially with by capping this. So no, needless to say, the Ravens and Chiefs both uh, cashed those boosts. Um, but it was more I was more intrigued by the fire drill that this caused at, at the exchanges in New Jersey because, um, you know, I know a few guys that were getting down 10, 15 grand on, on the, you know, the Chiefs one in general. I know a guy that got down 20 grand on the Chiefs on the SPM bet, who's a sharp, signed up at 20 grand to win 30 grand and was easily over to, able to go over to, uh, to profit exchange or sport trade and get, you know, minus 138 on the on the playback, um, you know, laying, laying it with uh, the money line with the bills. It's just printing money when you're arbing at that point. But we've, and, and this is, you know, Arbing is, you know, of course, a lot of you listeners are do it and you're, you're well aware of it. And that's, you know, Arbing is you know, part of part of what I do as well. But we've never seen something like this in the legal regulated markets post-passed by the U.S. where you were able to Arb something so clearly for so much money, really with no cap. Um, and so it really created a lot of liability at, at the exchanges, but who are scrambling to then to fix their pricing as well. But it also created you know, a scenario where ESPN bet could have probably easily laid off their action if they were exposed by just uh, by laying it off at the exchanges in New Jersey. And I saw you know, the exchanges were reaching out to ESPN bet on social media saying, hey, we, uh, we, we can help you lay off your action a lot more efficiently here versus uh, you being exposed on this questionable promotion that you're doing. So uh, it was just an interesting scenario all around, but a, a rare opportunity to just print free money uh, for a lot of people in the Sharp community. But you wonder what they were really trying to do there because there's no outward marketing, there's no post or anything like that, and this thing spread like wildfire just through word of mouth uh, that ESPN was offering this. And it was even, it was it was hard to find. You had to go to the exclusives tab on the app to even uh, access this, you know, these unique uh, market opportunities there. So I, I really think it was just an all-time cloud show move by ESPN bet, uh, really Penn, who's running the show this past week. And the irony is, you know, the, the journalists at ESPN can't uh, even... You know, just they, they can't even shed any light on this, even though it's the ESPN bet product. So you really just have to wonder what the hell Penn Gaming is doing. It's just bad look after bad look for them. And now, of course, reports now are coming out that Barstool is going to be partnering up with DraftKings after only a, a six month non compete following the, you know, the um, uh, Penn breaking up with, with, with Barstool last year. So it's just a bad look for Penn all around right now. And it's just, you know, if you're bullish on the ESPN bet, this was not a good uh, feather in your cap. Uh, what happened there last weekend at all? So I'll be really interested to see if they do anything similar in the or sorry, in the conference championship round games this weekend. <laughs> and speaking of last weekend's NFL games, you cashed if you were able to get down on that seven point teaser at minus one forty or better, uh, teasing the Ravens and the Forty ers down through the key numbers of seven and three, just asking them to win uh, by a field goal or more. Didn't look so good for San Francisco down the stretch of that one, but they did get it done. Uh, if you're able to get down on that seven point teaser. But what really stuck out to me 
uh, in those games was we saw coaching malpractice come front and center once again. And this stuff just absolutely drives me nuts. And I, I think uh, not a lot of people are making it as big of a deal of this as maybe they should be, mainly just because we live in you know, a results-oriented world. But if you take a hard look at process, we saw some criminal coaching decisions last weekend. Todd Bowles at Tampa Bay not electing to call timeout. Um, in that game too, it, it was just a terrible decision there. They could have had it with 30 seconds left if they, of course, down seven still. If uh, if the Lions miss that field goal, of course, a very low likelihood that um, that you're going to have a chance down one score with the ball. But you have to give yourself a chance. There's a zero percent chance if you don't try, and and he didn't try. That's a Wayne Gretzky quote. You know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So, and it's the playoffs. Like what? What are you doing? I just I was really amazed. It was amazing for me to see that. And Dan Campbell too. What are you doing? They snapped the ball so quickly uh, at the end there too, just to to create that scenario. He didn't even he didn't challenge that Baker Mayfield play when his knee was down. Of course, Tampa Bay scored on the very next play when that happened, and he called a pass play that uh, you know, stopped the clock and allowed Tampa Bay to preserve a timeout, which I'm ordinarily fine with. You know, if you want to get aggressive there, but snapping the ball way too quickly it was just unforgivable in that scenario. And he was thrown a lifeline by Todd Bowles at the end there. And I know I'm not alone. I'm thinking this, but NFL teams really need an analytics expert. I, I know that there's other guys like, like Steve Fezzik in the space that have been saying this for a long time, but I agree a hundred percent. When you look at how much big money is in the NFL and how, how uh, high leverage these games are and how important they are. Uh, it's just, they, these teams just need to hire just someone who will tell the coaches who are thinking about so much other stuff too, to be fair. I mean, if you're a coach, you're not, you know, it's really difficult to think on on the fly on, on what the optimal move is in an end game scenario. But they just need to hire someone. You don't know if it's just like you know eighty k a year or something like this. Let's just sit on the sideline and tell the coach exactly what to do in these end game situations. Hire a you know just hire a you know a student out of out of one of the Ivy League schools. Just take all the guesswork out uh, and and calling plays based on feel or from the gut. Like that's going to be a thing of the past and. You take that guesswork out when you have someone who understands the math and the situation to tell you exactly what to do so you don't have to think about it. I mean, it's a billion-dollar business with everything on the line, and it's amazing for me uh, to see these boneheaded, uh, highly negative EV decisions that, that can absolutely impact your entire season and, and you know entire city when you get down to it. Uh, just pay someone 80 k a year just to sit there in the booth and tell you what to do in those endgame spots. It's always unreal for me to see that. Good news if you're living in North Carolina. Uh, sports betting has been legal in North Carolina for a while now, but it's been brick and mortar only. But the mobile launch is officially going to come in March. Uh, looks like users can start registering for North Carolina sportsbook accounts on, you know, online on March 1st. And regulators announced this week that North Carolina sports betting for you know, online will begin at noon local on March 11th, which, of course, is right in time for the ACC tournament. And, the uh, of course, March Madness in North Carolina is a huge basketball state. So, no, you know, it doesn't take a rocket science scientist to figure out that they were trying to get this live by, by March Madness, and it looks like they're all poised to do so now. Uh, the interesting thing in North Carolina is we're going to see the uh, the underdog product uh, come, the sports betting product. Um, there, it's a really interesting uh, scenario there because underdogs been kind of take they've been made a stance that they want to be going into sports betting, and of course they're getting into hot water with some of the gray area that they've been working through on the. You know the the DFS plus side of things, and the you know the against the house prop betting stuff, and uh, you know the prize picks of the world should take a, a good look at what's happening with underdog in North Carolina, especially early on. And it's going to be a good opportunity to see that underdog product uh, finally uh, 
you know, people play around with it and kind of see what, what it's going to look like. So that's an interesting, uh, unique thing to North Carolina is being able to play with the underdog product. But North Carolina, it's about time. And it's, it's an exciting time. And I, it's just out of fairness, too, it's really cool that they have, you know, a number of books that are going to be starting at the, at the same starting gate when March 11th starts. Uh, I think Bet365 is going to be live there, Bet MGM, DraftKings, ESPN, Bet Fanatics will be launching, FanDuel, of course, and uh, an underdog. So, Uh, It'll be really interesting to watch, and if you're in North Carolina, right in time for March Madness. (laughs) Which states are poised to legalize sports betting in 2024? Well, if you missed my WagerWire Twitter spaces with legal sports report Sam McQuillan on Thursday, uh, the 25th, you could still check out that recording. It's on the WagerWire Twitter. I also retweeted it myself and um, the Doggy Juice Twitter as well. Um, But Sam and I discussed which states may be next to move this year. It's going to be an interesting one just because it's a political year, of course, but uh, be sure to give that a listen and keep your eyes specifically on Missouri, Minnesota, and Georgia uh, in particular in 2024. But we also went in a little bit to how it's, it gets a little more complicated during an election year like this, uh, where a lot of the, you know, this, it's, it becomes a political issue because, of course, sports betting is uh, you know, bipartisan and, and you, you, know, you see this kind of wrapped into some other political maneuvering ahead of election years. So it's, it's unfortunate for, you know, it's us, the taxpayers and the betters that suffer as a result. But uh, that's why 2024 is going to be pretty unique. And then uh, we also touched on California. If you're living in California, you're looking at best case scenario, probably 2026, but even more likely 2028. No time soon for legal sports betting in California, unfortunately, it appears. Nevada's finally moving along a bit. Uh, not the regulators as much, but Caesars and MGM, uh, BetMGM, they are now on their nationwide apps um, in Nevada. Because if, if for anyone familiar that lived in Vegas or, or still lives in Vegas, um, you had you didn't have one wallet, so you'd be using an old antiquated Caesars betting app and BetMGM app just in Nevada. But if you go outside, you know those states. Um, you could find a much you know, more comprehensive betting app. And now they finally migrated over. Everything's on one app, just like you'll see on DraftKings FanDuel. So when you go, you know, fly into Vegas, you'll you'll have your apps, of course, you know, with your money already in there if you deposited it elsewhere uh, on the Universal app. Um, you'll still have to register in person because that's still the rule, of course, in Nevada, which is keeping a lot of players out of the game there. But uh, it's no secret on the timing on this. It makes sense. Of course, the Super Bowl is taking place in Vegas in just a few weeks' time, and everyone that's flying in there looking to place a bet, they're going to realize they can't use their DraftKings FanDuel apps, but if they're preloaded on Caesars and MGM and already playing there, it's going to be a good opportunity for those companies to uh, to get some really nice handle on the Super Bowl. So that's a nice little development there, but there's still a long way to go in Nevada. Uh, and, of course, if you want to talk politics, I won't even go into that there, but uh, that's at least a nice little development to see. So we had a development on a story that that really took the industry by storm last year. And um, for me personally, it's a little bit more near to me, literally geographically. But Iowa, I was I'm a University of Iowa um, alumni myself. But you saw that story last year with the Iowa probe on all the Iowa uh, student athletes and Iowa State student athletes um, that that seemingly kind of you know came out of nowhere last year. But there was a huge scandal. Um, basically, the the Iowa Department of Criminal Investigations. Just they, I mean, for lack of a better term, they just found a bunch of students that were betting on sports unlawfully, and you saw some of the fallout from that. But you just wondered at the time, like, why Iowa? I mean, if this is happening at all these, you know, at these schools, it's got to be happening in schools around the country, right? In, in legal betting states, 
Um, and we might finally have our answer why, why that was happening in Iowa, because uh, by all accounts, it looks like there was an illegal search conducted on these players. It's been the, one of the big news stories this week in the industry. Uh, kind of came out that um, that one of the DCI agents, who's uh, he, he was doing testimony on one of the cases involving one of the student athletes who's, who's challenging the claims, uh, basically saying that the investigation was unlawful because it was a warrantless search. And essentially what this, it appears to be a rogue DCI agent, the Department of Criminal Investigations, that, um, that, that, or at least a group of rogue guys that were, that set up a, like a geofencing thing around some of the dorms where the student athletes were living. And that's how they were able to find out uh, what they were doing. And yeah, needless to say, when you admit this stuff as evidence, and if it's conducted unlawfully, the search, then it's inadmissible, and you throw the case out. And you might be seeing that now um, in Iowa. Uh, and some of these DCI agents are in hot water. Essentially, the guy that took the stand, you know, he in the case, he said, "Hey, I, I didn't feel comfortable with this," and he actually asked to be reassigned to a different uh, a different thing entirely. And I guess there was some internal strife over there. So sounds like it was just a, some greedy DCI agents that wanted to maybe further their career a little bit. Who knows? And and uh, you know get this big story up, off the ground, which it was it was a huge story last year. It went a long way in the whole responsible gaming conversation, which the industry needed to have anyway. Problem gambling and uh, still still something that's getting sorted out in the big picture, but. Um, it's just interesting timing on that. I think we finally have our answer why, you know, that, that was all happening in, in Iowa and how that really impacted some of those, you know, some top Iowa state players were, were impacted by it as well. And then this is, uh, there's along those lines, there's another development this week with, uh, LSU, a former LSU, uh, player, uh, uh, he was, of course, playing for for the Patriots now in the NFL, but it came out now that he allegedly made 8,900 sports uh, betting wagers, uh, between April 6, 2022 and, and May 7, 2023, when he was underage. And it looks like he went through KYC using a real person's uh, uh, information. He was able to get through KYC that way. But that just came out uh, this week as well, that that was all happening, which is not good. That's a pretty uh, rough allegation and a, and, a, and a bad look. And it just shows that we you know, we have a lot more to go on, on some of this stuff. And I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg there on some of the nefarious activity that's happening, unfortunately. But that's why you want to bring sports betting above board anyway and keep it regulated so you can be aware and catch this stuff because you know this stuff wouldn't have been caught or been a lot more difficult to catch uh, without legal regulated sports betting as well. But that's another developing story too, uh, what happened uh, with, uh, with old Kayshawn there out of LSU, uh, the wide receiver. So Another very fascinating story, just on the heels of the stuff coming out of Iowa as well. So moving on and closing out the pod with a look at NFL Conference Championship Week. It's uh, like I said at the top. It's you get two great games, and historically we've you know you could argue this day is even more fun than the Super Bowl because you're getting two two awesome high leverage games. And our first one, of course, we got the Ravens hosting the Chiefs. The Ravens are laying four now, uh, consensus price as of late Friday morning when I'm recording this on the 26th. We've seen some money coming on the uh, flooding on the Ravens this week um, against the Chiefs. The total's at 44 and a half. A uh, little added vig on the dog, though. So be, be sure to shop around if you're uh, if you're looking to take the points with the Chiefs. It's hard to see uh, this one going up anymore. So I would I would take the four if you're so inclined. Um, but you know the Ravens too. I mean, they're, it's, if, if you're looking to lay the spread on the Ravens, maybe wait around for for a down tick. You might be able to find a, a three with a little extra juice. Like I always say, that buying on and off a three fair price in, in the NFL is about 19 cents, depending on the total. Maybe 18 to 20, depending on what the total is and how much variance there's going to be. But 
Uh, keep that in mind if you're going to try and buy down to the three. But we also might see the favorite uh, money line phenomenon that could be in play on this one as well uh, with the Ravens. And I've talked about this in the past. When you have a big public you know, betting game like this, usually you, know, you can count on it for the Super Bowl when there's a you know a bit of a shorter favorite or even college football national championship when there's so much public money coming in. Uh, the idea is that you know Joe Public is is less willing to you know lay 200 to win 100 on the Ravens on the money line and much more willing to bet you know 100 to win 160 or whatever um, on uh, on the Chiefs. But you know if they're gonna take the Ravens, they're just gonna lay the points. They're not gonna want to bet a lot to win a little. You know most people, uh, most public bettors want to bet a little to win a lot. So you can see a situation when that happens, when there's a lot more money on, on, the, on the money line, on the underdog, where it can create a little bit of value on the favorite on the money line relative to the spread. And I've, I've mentioned there's some free odds calculators out there, um, unabated being one of them, where you can just go and you can plug in you know, what the total and what the spread is and see what the fair money line is. Or you can even plug in what the spread and the money line is, and you'll see which is a better bet, the money line or the spread. And my hunch is you're going to get value relative to the, the spread on the Ravens' money line on Sunday. I know it's tough going against Pat Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs, but I, I do like the Ravens in this one. I did snag a little bit of Rogue, minus 170, when I saw um, the line moving up. And, you know, of course, we have the Ravens at uh, futures. I got preseason futures and then in-season 15-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I, I mentioned that on the Doggy Juice Twitter uh, on November 1st. So, But I'm fine with that. I don't need to hedge anything. Of course, get to the Super Bowl uh We can see where things go from there, but I do think the Ravens win this game. Um, Fun little nugget on this. Every Kansas City fourth quarter has gone under this season except one time, and the Chiefs are 17-2 to the under in the second half this year in Chiefs games. So could be an interesting one this weekend because they're underdogs on Sunday, so they might, you know, they may need that to change against that vaunted Baltimore defense if they're playing from behind at the end. But that's just an interesting nugget there uh, to keep in mind. But yeah, I do think that uh, there might be a little bit of value on on the Ravens on the money line in that one. Hello! And then the other game, the NFC, of course, the Niners. They're laying uh, seven points with added juice now, about minus seven, minus one twenty consensus price against the Lions. Totals at 51 and a half, and we've seen some money coming on the Niners during the week. You could have had them at, at, at six and a half uh, for, for a bit of time. And the De- Debo Samuels health really went a long way in determining which side of seven this game's going to be sitting on, but uh, it's right where I make it, the line pretty much. I mean, I, was, I would have, I, I didn't take any, I didn't lay any six and a half. I was thinking about it, probably should have just to uh, have you know, have that, uh, that CLV, potential CLV in play, but it lines pretty close to where I make it. I do make the Lions just or the Niners just a tick over seven in this one, uh, and that's pretty much where we're sitting now. So it should be a good game. You know, if everyone knows about golf and the outdoors and and all those angles as well. So what I'll say again is just be careful when you're betting these games because they, they're the most sharp liquid lines. You know, unless you're betting at ESPN bet, of course, when they're giving you free twenty thirty cents of line value, uh, free money essentially. Uh, be careful in betting these games. Uh, that's not to say there's not opportunities on the prop markets. And definitely shop around on props because you can find some wide discrepancies on, uh, on player props and, and game props uh, from book to book. And the best part is, like, these higher-profile games, we get more props coming in. And I'm excited to dive into Super Bowl props in uh, the next couple weeks here once once those come out too, uh, which that's fast approaching as well. But I do expect to see a 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl matchup. That's not a hot take or anything like that. It'll be a rematch of that Christmas Day game that we had just over a month ago on look-aheads. Look-ahead lines have the Niners as about one-and-a-half-point favorites in that one, which is exactly where I make it right now. They were to play on a neutral uh, right there. So it should be, you know, outside of major injury or group of injuries, um, if that ends up being our matchup, that should be it should be a line that's pretty close to a pick and a really juicy Super Bowl matchup. Let's go, DJ! 
All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening, as I always say, just please take five seconds just to rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple. Uh, Leave a review, too, if you're so inclined. But even better yet, share it with a friend who you think might be interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization, what's happening in the industry, you know, which books to take advantage of for what, uh, or just how to become a sharper sports better during these extremely exciting times in the industry. Anything you can help do to spread the word is always very much appreciated. But that's it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Good luck on your action this weekend, and I'll talk to you all again next week. Doggy Juice out.